0: She Abides podcasts where women of faith share their testimonies. My name is Denise Esther and I'm your host. I'm so happy you're here. If this is your first time joining us, welcome and thank you. We're so glad to have you. On today's episode, I introduce you to my newfound friend and sister in Christ, Justine Wenzel. For over 10 years, Justine has been teaching busy women how to increase their confidence from the inside out. She works as a business coach, makeup artist, social media strategist, and podcast host of the Courage Queen podcast. Her overall mission is to address the crisis of confidence in women today by paving the way as she leads a faith-driven life, turning pain into purpose. She is married to Nate, a real estate agent, and they are dog parents to Ray, the energetic golden doodle. I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. It is everything that I want she abides to be. One of the things that I realized in my interactions with Justine is that she has The ability to be transparent in a way that is going to impact any person that she comes in contact with. She is a joy to listen to, to learn from. She encourages you without even meaning to. I have so enjoyed learning to get to know her better, and I hope that you are as blessed by this episode as I was. Enjoy. Welcome back to She Abides Podcasts, where women of faith come to share their testimonies. I'm Denise Esther, your host, and today I have Justine on um, to just kind of share some things with you, and I am so excited. I was a guest on her podcast, and um, it was just an amazing time and just great fellowship, and so I am excited to have you here. Um, Before we get started, I like to do a little icebreaker, so... Um, Justine, tell me, what is something you do to get centered?
1: Mm. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and just have another really powerful conversation for your audience today. And gosh, what do I do to get centered? I would say what's huge for me is I actually grew up on um the lake at like small cottages and cabins I spent a lot of my summers there so I'm really just inspired and get my cup filled with just being outdoors just having that silence having that time to dig into God's word um that is really what centers me it's how I start my day it's something that's non-negotiable when I see myself Veering off into other directions, I'm like, Yeah, I'm too far away from God, or I missed like a day or two in my quiet time. So, for me, that's really what keeps me grounded, and what I think to be one of the most important things that we can surrender our day and our plans to. Yeah,
0: do you like being by water? Because I'm a water person, like, I
1: if I'm by water,
0: I just feel like I'm grounded, I just love just being. I think it's something about the stillness of it, or even if I'm on a boat, just the sounds of the wave mm-hmm. and I just it's love like it. like that
1: consistent, uh, yeah, I th- I agree with you. And I think it's like that consistent, whether you're on a lake, whether you're on a beach, it's like that consistent, um, unchanging, calming um, yeah. rhythm that it creates that I think just really puts you in a place of gratitude, puts you in a place of just slowing down. And it really helps you focus on just getting your breathing to a more relaxed place as well. And so, yeah, definitely big about being around water and just nature for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. So I am Justine Wenzel. I'm a 30 something multi-passionate entrepreneur is kind of what what I coined myself as um, you know, growing up, I always had a lot of different passions. One of the things that I found out a little bit later in life that was never like necessarily diagnosed, but I realized now as an adult that I actually have very much ADD tendencies and very much a neurodiverse brain, as they say. And so Mm -hmm. that really kind of helped me to understand why I had so many different passions, why I was not um, somebody who had a like I could either focus into things I was very interested in, but if it wasn't something I was interested in, I very much would just disengage. And it was like, my brain would just shut off. And so I learned very quickly growing up that the things that God was calling me to, I always felt like I had, like God had something for me. I always felt like this intimate connection with God, even when I wasn't really at a place where I was strong in my faith in terms of relationship, but I grew up in, um, I grew up in the church, started out more of a Catholic church, moved to more of a non-denominational church as I got into my teen years, but really wasn't living the lifestyle of surrender, of that mm-hmm. daily surrender of my life. And um, you know, I'd be kidding myself if I really said, like, oh yeah, I was totally living the way that God wanted me to live. That really didn't come till later. And that actually came from um being in the environment that I became an entrepreneur in mm-hmm. to start my own business. And I was a part of a Bible study of other incredible women leaders. And that was actually kind of what led me into more relationship with God, because I looked at those women and I thought, I don't know what they have, but I know that I want it. And at the time, even I was going through, um, just most of my life, just feeling like I was always in constant fear. I always felt like I kind of had this wall up, like from the outside world, I was very comical. I was very sociable, um, I was very fun and had a ton of energy and was kind of like this entertainer, comedic personality. But at the same time, I never really felt understood, like people really knew me. I felt like I always had to kind of put on this mask. And as I got older, I kind of started to peel back small pieces of that onion. And I realized that there was a lie that I had, or a secret, let's say, even a better word, that I had been keeping of something that I had gone through in my childhood that I never fully Open myself up to um, as being something that could have been responsible or contributing to a lot of the health issues I was having with gut issues for years, a lot of the fear that I was having, a lot of the reason why I felt like I was being held back or I was in my own way constantly from being able to bring my dreams to pass. Mm -hmm. And so I know we're gonna get into this a little bit more today, but there was a pivotal moment that happened um, in 2020 where I actually broke the silence about what had happened to me and what was ongoing for two, almost three years of my life um, between the ages of seven and 10. And I would say that was really the catalyst of years of God preparing me for what he had called me to do in all these different ways, a lot of ways that I didn't understand. And it was time that I took that mask off and I really digged into his word and truly knowing him and believing what he says to be truth for my life so that I could really stand courageously in that. And that was actually you know, that the fruit of that became an incredible healing process. It became me becoming a podcaster and um, starting to become a singer and have a band and write my own music and things that I also always really enjoyed as passions of mine, but never fully went all the way with. Um, mm-hmm. And there were always dreams that I felt like I was held back in some reason, and like I couldn't go after them for whatever particular reason, because I was fearful. And they were all things that started kind of falling into place. Mm -hmm. Once I had really fully surrendered the plan and said, I'm going to be exactly who God calls me to be without fear and pushing past fear. And I talk a lot about that on my podcast, like the fear not going away ever, but you, you learn to give more power to the opportunity and to the faith and to what God is saying and his truth and not the lies of what you believed for so many years based on some of these past traumatic experiences or insecurities that maybe you've developed over the years. So that's kind of like the long and short of a whole bunch <laughs> of different topics and um I'm just excited to get more into that today because I just want to breathe belief into people that I feel like could be what I call silently struggling today in many different areas of past trauma.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a great segue into really um you know turning your pain into your purpose. Absolutely. And so I know because I I've, I've been on my own healing journey that that's not um, something that just happens, right? Like we don't just, we don't just wake up and say, I'm going to unlearn this lie that I've been telling myself for 30 years or that other people have been telling me for 30 years, right? Right. Um, tell us, tell us about that process for you.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I kind of call it like this unfold unfolding and, you know, I really work with a kind of a theme or a word of the year and, Mm -hmm it was interesting because I was, you know, when 2020 started um, and this was before we really, the world was shut down and all these things were happening. Little did I know the journey that God was going to have me on. You know, I, I was in a place of really struggling to figure out like, God, what do you have for me next? Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm at this place where from the outside world, I look to be very successful. I look like I have it all together and I have this great life. And I'm not saying that I don't, but I was still very unhappy yeah. in a lot of ways. And I was trying to kind of uncover, like, why am I still unhappy? Why do I not feel content? I feel like is a really great word. There was no peace and contentment. And it was yeah. because I was constantly wrestling within myself. And it got to a point where 2020 started. I had a, a highly triggering event. I'm going to say, and I won't get into the major details of that, but essentially I had this highly triggering event happen and it essentially set the tone for the unraveling of all these horrible memories that I had had. And it put it right up in my face where I couldn't ignore it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where it was like the best way I can describe it to people is like when that feeling, when you feel like you're going to be sick and you're going to throw up and it's kind of right here in your chest. And like, you know, it's coming and you know, it's going to be really, really bad for a little bit, but then you know, you're going to feel better when it's over. And you're like, I just like, but you're resistant to it. Like you don't want to get sick. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of how this felt. And it was like, I had all this, this trauma and these emotions and these feelings and all these things I had been through and all these memories that started to flood my mind that I never remembered before. Cause I really only had like two main um, memories that I would have nightmares about my entire childhood. And I never knew what these memories actually were, or these nightmares. Like, I didn't know where they came from, but it was like a reoccurring memory that I would have all the time and and nightmare. And I just started asking God, like, I don't, I don't know what's bubbling up inside me, but God brought me to the, to the point of that triggering event. It was probably from some bold prayer that I prayed that I don't even remember now, but it was probably like, okay, God, like, help me to just break through or something along those lines. And he was like, okay, great. So like, I've been preparing for this and now I think you're ready to do it. So let's like, go for it. Like you, you asked for it. right? And I'm sure that that's what happens because I tend to like do that. And then I look back like years later and I'm like, this was the pray- like, prayer that I had prayed. Like this makes <laughs> a lot more sense now. Yeah. But I had that triggering event and, you know, was that feeling and I knew it was coming and I'm like, it's time to deal with this. It- it's time. And I decided to break the silence to my family that I had been sexually abused by a cousin of mine in my family. And it was a really sensitive topic that still even today has caused a lot of very challenging repercussions throughout my family, as you can imagine, because this was something that nobody had any idea was going on. We're looking at, you know, this, this person being um, at the age of 15 and I was at the age of seven to 10 years old when this was happening. So old enough to know better, Mm -hmm. um, but very much me being a child and being very confused and feeling threatened. Like I couldn't come forward with this. And I just kept pushing it down for years of my life. Like I always knew that it was there, but I would convince myself, like, did it really happen? because I have this like one memory, but like, why would I be making this up? Like your mind almost plays tricks on you to protect you, to almost make you think that like, there's no way that that could be true. But then in your deepest of hearts, you know that it is. And then you convince yourself like, well, I don't really need to talk about it or tell anybody like, I'll, but nobody needs to know about that. Like, I'll be fine. And you just put it off in this place. And that actually happens. Like if we want to talk more psychologically about like how Your brain works like it's amazing to see how, in those years, your brain protects you from so much that you can't handle at that age. And that's exactly what happened. And as that started coming out, you know, six months prior to that, I was going to therapy and it was actually kind of interesting, even how God led me to therapy because I did not go to therapy thinking, Oh, I'm going to unpack this entire issue of my childhood and I'm going to work through it. Six months prior to me coming forward with this and actually breaking the silence, I kept feeling this impression that God was giving me like, why don't you go to therapy? You should go to therapy. Like, yeah, just check it out. Like kind of just like, and and then I would be listening to a podcast and they'd be like, therapy was the best thing I ever did for myself. And then like people would all be affirming therapy. And I'm like, wow, maybe I should be going to therapy. (laughs) And and I kind of started like training myself to believe that like therapy was healthy. And I'm definitely like, I think God, I kind of joke about it now and say like, God kind of brought me through the back door into therapy to slowly start peeling back the pieces to get to a point where I was ready because I thought I was going to therapy to be proactive with mental health in a situation that I didn't even know I had to deal with at the time. Like I was so much in denial of what I had gone through that when I went to therapy and she said, why are you here? I just said to her, well, I'm here to be proactive. Like I want to be a healthy person. So you tell me why I'm here. Like, let me start (laughs) telling you stuff and you can like, tell me what I'm not seeing and like, tell me what my issues are. Like I literally was just kind of coming open and willing to have someone else Share with me what they were seeing that I didn't see because I would also claim myself to be kind of like a personal development junkie. Like, mm-hmm. I very much am open and willing to hear critiques and criticism to know how I can grow and evolve and change. And I'm very open to that in more coaching type of scenarios. And so, because I coach women for a living, and right. so I very much understand how that works. And I think I was very open to therapy. And so, she kind of laughed at me when I showed up and I said that because she was like, well, you don't have like any major thing that you're like working through. Like people will come because they're going through a divorce or like they're having a mental breakdown quite literally. And I don't say that lightly, but like, yeah, they're coming because of pretty intense situations. And this was six months prior. And so we started working on a couple things that she was noticing. And I think that she was starting to put together and kind of connect the dots that there was something deeper going on here. And right. when she asked me, like, I, I think that you have a problem with being quiet with yourself. Cause I've not always been somebody who could sit in silence. I very much struggle with that. And I would just kind of plant the seed to say, if you're somebody who you have a very, very hard time sitting in silence with yourself and your thoughts, I'm just going to go ahead and plant a seed to say that that's something that you really want to look at and start peeling back a little bit, because I did not realize how unhealthy that was. I really didn't. And when that was brought to my attention and she said like, you know, I want you to sit alone. I just want you to sit and just enjoy and not like, look at your phone, not like read a book. I want you just, she said, I want you to just go to a library in silence and just look at like a picture book that has no words for a couple hours. And I was like, uh, that sounds like a waste of time for me. Like yeah. I'm like a workaholic. I love what yes. I do. Like that sounds like slowing down to like do nothing. So I'm not sure I'm in for that. And she said, well, what are you, where are you afraid is going to happen? And I said, I don't want to be alone with my thoughts. And she's like, well, Mm -hmm. why? And I said, I don't like where my thoughts go when I'm in silence. And I realized that I had spent so much of my life convincing myself that that was okay. And that that was actually healthy, that I was just busying myself all the time to avoid having to process and deal with pain. And I realized how unhealthy that was. And so I just really want to like put a pin in that to say that if that's something that you struggle with, most likely- there's some unrevol- unresolved, something going on mm-hmm. that you are trying to protect yourself from dealing with. And maybe you want to open up and really start praying about that. Like, God, what am I not seeing? What is unhealed? Yeah. What am I trying to push down that needs to be brought up and dealt with? And,
0: yeah.
1: you know, I wish I would have done that sooner, but God's timing is perfect, as you know. And he started to unfold those things to me as I, you know, as he was preparing me, as I got to the point where it was came to a head and I had to break the silence, And then figure out, well, how am I going to move forward from here? Because that was really probably the most difficult part was not so much letting everybody know, like, this is what I went through. That was kind of the easy part and felt relieving to like, take these heavy bags off my shoulders for the first time in, you know, 30 years. But what came after that was really the most difficult part of the entire process before it got better.
0: Yeah. And I think you said something so important because- I'm also, you know, a self-development and avid learner is what I like to say. I'm an avid learner. I want yes. to always be doing stuff. But what I realized was that I was also doing that. And it's funny because a lot of people at the beginning of 2020, because we know COVID was happening and you had to be alone. You had to sit in that. It yes. Really, It really, for some people, propelled us to do some work to figure out what it was or to avoid spiraling. Right. Because that's my, that was my exact experience. Like I'm yeah. listening to you and I'm like, we should have met sooner. Like, right? Like,
1: because Guess I had perfect,
0: that, girl. I had that same conversation with my godmother. I remember sitting in a parking lot and I was talking to her on the phone and I said, mom, I feel myself. Like I feel something is coming. And I'm just going to spiral. And I had, I need, and she said, I remember she said to me, I said, I feel like I need to talk to somebody. And she said, then you need to do that. That's what you need to do. You know, this is the Holy spirit unctioning you to do something. Now, you know what to do. You need to do it, you know? And I immediately reached out and, you know, got me a mental health counselor and, you know, started having sessions. And then, things started happening in my life that if i had not prepared for that if i had not gotten into a place where i was already doing the work i would have spiraled out of control um just kind of knowing where i've been in the past and i could just feel myself going there and i just was like i feel like god is telling me that i need to get some help because this is going to be bad but i don't know what this is yet right and she right. was like well, then don't wait right and i think we think because we're doing you know, healthy things, right? Like we're working and we're building ourselves and we're not, you know, because people self-medicate when they don't want to sit alone. Sometimes people are drinking or they're, you know, going out all the time and they're just doing all of these self-destructive things where sometimes we think we're okay because we're doing positive things. We're not doing right, those right. bad things. And so we think we're okay, but we're still doing the same thing. We're self-medicating from the, the deeper issue that that's at hand.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's very apparent when you look at, you know, when you look at those key things, like, am I resistant to being alone with myself? Am mm-hmm. I not being honest with God about what's really going on? Am I just kind of like, oh, well, I just have this great life and I have nothing to deal with. Well, that's weird. Like what, like, I think just being more curious as I started learning through my therapist, how to be more curious about everything that I was going through, because I would start saying things like, gosh, I've had all these health issues and all these gut issues. God, like, what do you say about this? And Mm -hmm. God started connecting dots of like, here's where this came from. Here's how you developed some of these habits based on what you would went through as a way to protect yourself as a way to self-medicate as a way Mm -hmm. to, and God started again, just peeling back the onion on so many of these things. And he was giving me this strong word every single day. It seemed like And I think one of the greatest gifts was that again, this happened right before COVID times and the shutdown. And you know, a lot of people could argue that this has gone on for so long and we're going on like three years now. And Mm -hmm. I think people are very different after this experience. I think people have changed a lot um, Mm -hmm. in obviously positive and negative ways. It really just kind of depends on how someone has processed this. But I think it was really the intention that I made when I went into this whole thing and I said, You know, I'm, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to go after this healing process, and if I'm really going to get to the other side, I'm going to do it right. And I was very, very intentional about that from the very beginning. I said, I'm not going to try to take control of this anymore. I'm not going to pretend to be somebody that I feel like I'm not. I'm no longer going to appease other people and live this life with a lack of boundaries um, for what's important to me and what I need. I just decided that that was not going to be a life that I was going to live anymore. And what's so interesting is even this year, the whole theme of this year was based on a verse of Isaiah 43, 19, which is see, I am doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just love that so much because I think that when you look at that and you are truly believing that God is making a way, he's making way in the wilderness. He's making a way in the desert. He's putting streams in the wasteland, which is what, you know, it goes into saying that verse that, um, you're believing of the fact, like it's how you're perceiving it. You're believing in the fact that God is going to come through for you, that he's going to carry you through it. But you know that that is going to involve a full surrender. And so mm-hmm. I decided I was not going to be resistant to that. When this whole thing came up, I was like, I'm fully surrendering. You know, I'm so glad that it was the time that it was during COVID times and the shutdown because guess what? There were no family events because I had mm-hmm. so much stress and anxiety about, well, how am I going to be around my family because everything. Literally was like a dumpster fire and I had just like thrown a giant grenade in. Well, guess what? No family events. Well, guess Mm -hmm. what? No hard conversations because everybody shut down and they have time to reflect on their own stuff. I don't think I would have done all that personal work and surrendered to that into that particular way if I could have busied myself with work and social activities and everything else. Yeah. And so I'm so grateful for that time because I truly believe that full healing is possible. And I truly believe that in order to do that, you have to put down your own level of control and you have to loosen your grip and you have to open your hands and you have to get down on your knees and you have to say like, God, I don't like who I've become because of this, mm-hmm. but I trust and I and I have to just hug my younger self who went through this and just know that like I did what I had to do to survive to now where I can get to a place where I can thrive because You've carried this pain and you turned it into a a purpose that is so much greater than what the enemy meant to to break me and to hurt me and to and put me in this place of bondage for this many years and like freedom is possible true healing is possible, Mm -hmm. but it's going to take a lot of hard work of going through the pain to get there so that God can make it. You know, He can turn that mess into a message. He can Mm -hmm. work through that pain and make sure that no situation was wasted so that you can have a purpose that glorifies him to a level of excellence and speaking to the other people that he's going to put in your path and in your life who need to hear that you made it through and how you made it through to the other side, that that's possible for them too. And I truly believe that God gave me that great gift because God's always known. I got a big mouth. I love to talk. (laughs) You know, me, that was one of the biggest things that God told me, um, you know, that I'll just say kind of in public and this podcast or one of the first times is God. one of the first things that God said to me when I was going through this healing process is you're going to write a book. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how am I going to write a book? And he said, and I go, well, I don't know how to write a book. I've never written a book before. Now, have I started writing that book? This was like two and a half years ago when he first said that to me. He said that to me a couple of times since since then. But I remember thinking I had this whole journal because I was journaling like, five to eight pages a day, just mm-hmm. through all my thoughts, going to therapy, throwing everything in front of him and saying like, God, what do you want to do with this? Like change me, help me to change, help me to grow. What am I not seeing? Help me connect the dots. I was constantly asking those questions and anticipating and not just asking the questions, but I was leaving time to listen and hear what he had to say to me. Yeah. And I think that that's such a pivotal part. And had I not done that, you know, at one point God said to me, like your book's right here. And I looked down and it was my entire journal. And I had like three journals over the course of six to eight months of my healing journey, just even in that first year. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that makes sense. Like, why wouldn't this be my book? And so it kind of started to just really illuminate to me, like what God wanted to do um, through this pain that I had experienced. And the fact that because he knew that I, that he created me in this particular way to be able to share my story, to encourage other people, we all have our stuff. Mm -hmm. Someone may not be able to relate to my individual story. Like maybe you weren't abused and I, and I'm, and I'm grateful. Like if you didn't go through a situation like that, I'm, I'm very grateful that not everyone has to experience that, but we all have our own personal experiences and traumatic events that we've been our life that have shaped us. And so I think we need to be really real about the fact that, you know, when people say like, you know, my, um, my past is holding me back. It's not that your past is holding you back. It's that you're holding on to and looking at the past as a way to embrace and and project into the future. And it's working through and realizing, like giving yourself a hug and, and, and acknowledging what you'd been through in your past and helping God to just piece by piece, pull it back and kind of heal and bond those things together and then get you to a point where you no longer look at those things in this, severity or this intensity that you once did. It's not holding you back anymore. You're not looking in the rearview mirror anymore. You know that you went through those things and that none of it's wasted, but you know that, you know, he who is in you is much greater than he is in the world. And so you have this level of faith and belief now that you have authority over all those things and you can speak against them just as God, you know, created that in each of us as Mm -hmm. to what we've gone through. And I think that we really need to start standing strong as believers. And really saying like, I have authority over this. Like, I don't have to live in this. I don't have to stay in this place. Just because I was in this place doesn't mean I have to stay in this place. Just because I never had boundaries before doesn't mean I have to continue to not have boundaries. But also know that as you start to make those necessary changes, people are going to be upset. People are not going to respond the same way because they're really used to having you typed as a particular person that they can expect a specific thing from. And you're not responsible for those people's reactions. And so- You know, that kind of sounds like a little bit of a harsh statement, but I, that's something that I want to share because I don't think sometimes we prepare or are realistic about the fact that we're going to have pushback from people in Mm -hmm. our lives who are used to our reactions that we've had or used to the dominance that they've had over us or used to us always listening to their influence and just going along with what they think is best for us. And when you find your voice in a Mm -hmm. situation like this, there's so much strength and just hope and confidence And Mm -hmm. a courageous spirit that comes out that you start exhibiting, and people are not ready for it. They actually don't know how to handle it. They don't quite know what to do with it. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, that is a powerful statement. And I think being a, you know, a person who was healed from people pleasing, right. I think sometimes we need permission. We need to hear someone give us the permission to. Set the boundaries, even though we think I don't need permission from anyone, but you do because you subconsciously aren't doing the things you need because you're worried about what people are going to say and how they're going to feel and what they're going to do. And I remember, you know, when I started my process and, you know, my godmother saying the same thing to me, you got to set boundaries and they're going to get upset. And I'm thinking, I don't want them upset. I'm like breaking out in hives. And, you know, like, I don't want people to be upset with me. And I don't want people not to like me. And I don't want people. And, and then when I started therapy, it's one of the things that I think my counselor, which I just have been with him for a, a while now, and he knows me and he knows that even though I have broken a lot of those things, he still affirms me in that way you've made the right decision for you, right? Because I still, even in my subconscious, I'm like, if I do this, what does this mean, right? But yeah. now I have the tools where I can work through it. And I think one of the things that you said that I know is very difficult is one, you always went to God first, which I love because that's my thing, right? Like I always go to God, but I didn't always. And then the second thing was just releasing that control because we want things to go the way in our mind we think they should go but sometimes the way God has it for us isn't the way we we picture it um and then just doing the personal work it is so messy and it is so hard it is not easy this is not an easy process at all but I think like you said you have to go through it to get to the other side of the purpose to be able to say oh that's why I had to go through that right like oh, that's why this happened, this makes sense now. And I think it's part of being accountable to to ourselves, to God, to those who love us and are helping us on this journey to kind of get to the other side of it. Um, Because if you act like it didn't happen, you know, the scripture that you read, um, we had a women's conference this past weekend and that's the scripture that my godmother spoke on. And that's what she said, like, God can't heal what we don't reveal. And so we hold on to those things because of shame and whatever else um, comes up and we don't, we don't expose it. And sometimes we don't even know that it's it, right? So you going and saying, God, I know there's something, but I don't know what it is. Show it to me. Show me me show me what needs to be removed, all of the things that are not like you, just take them, right, and then he can start showing you, and you really start doing the work, and it's hard, and it's messy, and it's sad, and it's all of these things, but when you come to the other side, you realize that it's all bigger than you, right, like, yes, you are going through this thing, but it's for a purpose. It's not just for you to hold on to it. It's for you to share it. It's for you to help the next person that's going through this. And so I think sometimes when we look at it that way, it helps us get rid of that shame. You know, there's someone else who is going through this same thing. And pain is pain. We all have our own pain. It might be different. Like you said, you know, it might not be sexual abuse. Maybe it's physical abuse. Maybe it's, you know, it's all of these other things, it's betrayal. It's all of the things that make us feel like we're not worthy of the greatness that God has for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about, um, you know, repairing that. I There's something that I say all the time on my pi- podcast, and it's, you know, you repeat what you don't repair. And how many times yes. has God yes. had to teach you a lesson or try to get you to learn something Over and over and over again through Mm -hmm. many different ways and experiences to get you to learn one pivotal lesson that like you keep missing. And I always (laughs) remember that because I'm like, okay, God, you know, one time, two time, three time, four time. It's like a children's book. I'm like, okay, how many more times is it going to take me to learn this one? Like, you ready to take me through it again for round seven? Because clearly I'm still not getting this. And it's, you know, I always kind of said I was like a slow learner. But, um, you know, I think that God is just so incredibly patient with our process and he unfolds everything at such the perfect time, but we have to be willing to take those steps. You know, we can't just hear his word. We can't just listen to what he's saying and just be like, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's a great point. That's something that would make a great Instagram post, but we really have to hear his word and we have to be doers of his word. And that's something that I realized I was not doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) no pun intended, but that was something I realized I was not doing is I was hearing a lot of what was God was saying all the time, but I wasn't actually getting into action. And so Mm -hmm. I talk about that so much is just the importance of taking that imperfect action. What does that look like? If you're not used to setting boundaries in your life before, what does that look like now? What are you willing to tolerate? What have you been tolerating that you're unwilling to tolerate moving forward? And what are the things that you need in order to Um, Keep you at a place where you can continue to move the needle forward every single time. What are the things that have bothered you or triggered you in the past based on what you had been through and write those things down? I think sometimes we're just like, oh, let me just think about this quick and what these things are. But I think when we're intentional to write things down and then actually figure out how can I take imperfect action? Like, what does God say about the fact that I'm always saying yes to things because I don't want to hurt people's feelings or I don't want them you know, to feel not supported, or I'd want to be liked. What does God say about that, about being a people pleaser? What does God say about the fact that, you know, like just as a personal example, for me, one of the reasons why I convinced myself um, that I did not want to come forward and tell anybody about this was because I had a really close, large Italian family. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I can't come forward with this because A, everybody's going to think I'm crazy. Like what if people don't even believe me You know, it's crazy, like what you, what, what you convince yourself, it could be true and what could happen in all these different scenarios. And I just kept saying, I don't want to break up my family. Mm -hmm. I don't want to cause a riff in my family. Like, it's okay. I can just keep it to myself. I can work through this. Nobody has to know. It, It doesn't have to be a thing. But when it had gotten to the point where I was considering starting a family of my own and knew that if I hadn't said anything, you know, I had, I had my older brother who had just had two daughters. And one of right. them just turned the same age that I was when I started becoming abused. And I was like, I would never forgive myself if we were continuing to have these family parties, which is where I was abused at that age of seven to 10, coming together in these huge gatherings. And I thought to myself, I would never forgive myself if that happened to one of my nieces, or I would right. never forgive myself if that happened to one of my daughters. And I say, it's like when you're seeing somebody get bullied and you just sit there and watch, but you don't say anything, there's, you, don't, you don't do anything. And because you don't want to get involved, you don't want to add fuel to the fire. You don't want to bring attention to yourself. You don't want to break up what you think in your mind is a good thing. And you don't want to hurt people's feelings. But then when you take a step back, you say, why should I have to suffer? And why should other people have to be put in danger and suffer? Because I'm afraid to come forward. And so I really felt like God, I feel like everything kind of came full circle. That thought I had in my childhood of God's going to use me for something big. And I was very obsessive about like what my purpose was growing up. Um, I felt like God just instilled this knowing in me that there was something bigger for my life that he had me to do. And now that I really take a look back at all of that, I realized like God called me to be a chain breaker in my family. Yes. And, and I think that, you know, and I don't put any of that recognition on myself, but I put that on God calling me to rise up Mm -hmm. To be the one that would be the person that would vocalize. This is what I had been through to stop that cycle of abuse that maybe would have never been stopped if I chose not to say anything, because I was so afraid of the repercussions of me coming forward. And so I'm incredibly grateful, you know, is everything, I'd love to tell you that everything's perfect today, that the whole family is healed and that everybody has great relationships. That's not true, but I truly look back at that and I say, you know what? I had to do what was best for me and my future family dynamic. And that was what God called me to do every single part of the entire process, God walked me through, but I, I had him go before me. I didn't try to go ahead of him. And I said, you know, God, what do you have me do? What do you, you know, God even called me to write a letter specifically to this person that had hurt me. And, um, and, and it's just crazy again, how we protect people. Like I was like, well, I don't want this person to hurt themselves, you know, or go crazy, like finding this out. Like, I don't know what happened. So I had, it was like, God just unfolded every single thing that like you know, the letter was going to be given to him and he was going to be with his family so that he wasn't by himself. And like, I was thinking about all these things and I had this odd amount of grace and love and protection for someone who had hurt me so badly. And I truly feel like that that was the grace that God washed over me to see it through new eyes of not somebody that had hurt me because they wanted to hurt me. But I looked at it as like, this is a child themselves that was hurt that is now perpetuating this hurt to other people because that's all they know. That's Mm -hmm. what was normal to them being hurt. It's a hurt child hurting a hurt, hurt, you know, hurting someone else Mm -hmm. and without even knowing that that was what they were doing. And, you know, it was, it it constantly just blew my mind how God continued to show me that. Like people would say to me, like, how do you forgive this person? Like, how are you, how do you have so much grace for them? Like, how do you even care what happens to them? Like, I would just hope that like the worst Mm -hmm. happened to them. And I would just say like, Yeah, God's got that all under control. Like, I just had this odd amount of peace that God had given me that that wasn't my responsibility. My responsibility was to come forward, to be honest and truthful about what had happened in my perspective, and to let God deal with all of the repercussions and the fallout and the coming back together. And the greatest blessing of all of that is that in a lot of ways, it brought me closer to particular people in my family who did believe what had happened you know, there was a lot that had happened up until this point that if I had come forward with this news earlier, maybe there would have been a different outcome. I -hmm. wouldn't have been spiritually and emotionally ready to handle the healing process because I wouldn't have had that time and preparation that God was trying to get me to. And so when we try to intervene and we try to go ahead of him, it really only leads to bad things for us. And not that that's like a warning label, but I always say like, anytime that we, Feel the sense of urgency to like, I have to do something now. I have to say something now. I have to have this conversation now. And it's not approached with this pause and this prayer and this, God, go before me on this. God, correct me in this. God, put me in step with you on this. And you tell me how I need to proceed forward because I don't want to go ahead of you. I've just learned now in so many ways that that has not benefited me in the past. And I've learned from a lot of those mistakes. And so that's really what I hope to impress upon other people listening is you've got to have him go before you on it because he will work out all of the stressors and the nitty gritty details of every single scenario that you have thought about, stressed over, lost sleep over, and he'll work it all out for your good. And he'll fill in all the gaps of the inadequacies because- his power and his glory is so much bigger than your inadequacies um, that you feel like you have or your own personal insecurities that you've carried throughout your life.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I think that's a great place for us to wrap up. So tell everyone where they can um, connect with you. and I'll also share it in the link um, when I um, share the podcast, but tell everyone where they can find you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I love to hang out on Instagram. I have a personal Instagram page where I hang out on stories a lot and just do a lot of a mixture of things. I'm a makeup artist by day and a business coach and also a podcaster. And so um, you can find my personal page and a lot of those other projects. You know, I'm a big thrifter. There's just all sorts of stuff that I'm into, but you can follow me on Instagram at jwenzel29. That's J-W-E-N-Z-E-L 29. And then also my Courage Queen podcast. You can listen on any platforms. I also have an Instagram for that um, account as well, which is Courage Queen Pod, P-O-D at the end there. And yeah, I I love to hear people's stories. I love to connect. I love to make people laugh and just inspire you to go after those God-given dreams, um, silencing the fear that I think we all have that holds us back from our potential.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing. And I love... Um, I, I see the fruit of the labor that you put into, um, working through that pain, the work that you put into being a better version of yourself in Christ, right? Not just a better version of me, but a better version of who Christ wants me to be. Um, and I love that it's an ongoing process for all of us. Right. Um, so I, Love that God allowed our paths to cross and that we will continue to impact the kingdom for um, many women to come. So thank you so much for joining me.
1: You are so welcome. Thanks. I'm eternally grateful. Thanks, Denise.
0: Yeah. Bye.